0: Glad you're here today, I love Easter. I'm excited to celebrate Easter with you today, the celebration of Jesus Christ risen from the dead. I'm thankful that you've chosen to make a part of your celebration, gathering here in the worship center, the gym venue, and also in Liberty Hill. It is a great morning to gather together to celebrate Jesus Christ risen from the dead, amen? Yes, I'm excited about that, you know, celebrating Jesus Christ risen from the dead is a celebration that we share as Christians because we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead indicating he had conquered sin and death and we celebrate that resurrection because we know that by placing our faith in Jesus Christ that the day that comes that we die we will actually be with the Lord in heaven. We celebrate that. We're excited about that. We've gathered together to find our hope in that today. But I want to remind you that when we die as believers in Jesus Christ and are immediately with the Lord in what we call heaven, that is not the end of the story. There is something far more significant in store for us than just heaven as we often talk about it. Those who have trusted in Christ die, and they are immediately with the Lord in heaven, but there is more, so much more. And the vision we get to see from Jesus Christ in Revelation this morning is the final and most wonderful vision in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the vision of eternity. So let's look together at Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 1. Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the sea is no longer. Right here at the beginning of the vision, John sees a vision of the earth and the heavens that we know about right now, having been living on it, that it passes away. And a brand new heaven and a brand new earth is created. And that new experience is the new beginning of eternity. And it requires a passing away of the old. There are several other places in scriptures. One of the predominant ones is in 2 Peter chapter 3. It talks about the old earth. The earth as we know it passing away, being destroyed by fire so that a new earth could be created in which eternity dwells. So everything old passes away as we know it and something new is brought in by the Lord. Now there's this little phrase here in this vision about the sea will be no longer. As we have walked through as a church family, the book of Revelation, you believe we're almost done? It's hard to believe. We've walked through the whole book of Revelation. And as we've walked through it, when we have seen the term sea, It has several times been an indication of evil, of the source of idolatry, and the place where the dead are held. So what John is seeing is that when all things become new, every form of evil, idolatry, and death will be done away with forever, and all things will be made new. Let's look at verse 2. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, having been prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. You get that picture in your mind? A bride adorned for her husband. This is the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Now that piece of the vision creates an amazing contrast between the old and the new. You think about Jerusalem as described in the scripture. Many, many times Jerusalem is described as a place that rejects God. In the Old Testament, prophets came to the... The capital city of God's people, Jerusalem, to proclaim the word of God. And many times, many times, those prophets were rejected and killed. And what God had said was looked at despisingly by God's people. The culmination of all of that rejection of God is found in the life of Jesus Christ. When he comes into Jerusalem, in his final week, having been received in Jerusalem as a king, but just in a matter of hours rejected as a criminal and absolutely rebelled against, totally so that everyone in Jerusalem is screaming out for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This capital city has rejected Jesus Christ and is calling for his crucifixion. That's the old. There's coming a day when God will bring down a new Jerusalem in which righteousness dwells. Where God's people will have a city and a land where they will perfectly experience the presence of God. All things will become new. Let's look at verse 3. And I heard a great voice from the throne saying, behold... The tabernacle of God is with men and he will tabernacle or dwell among them and they will be his people and he himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no longer nor will mourning or weeping Or pain, they will be no longer. The first things have passed away. The one who is seated on the throne says, Behold, I am making all things new. Write this These words are faithful and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus Christ is going to make all things new. And when he does, God himself will tabernacle among his people. Those who have trusted in Jesus Christ will find themselves on a new earth, completely remade, and they will. Dwell with God himself. You see what's this massive difference between the old and the new? When we talk about this earth and the heavens, we talk about it as if it's two separate places. We dwell on this earth, God dwells in the heavens. But the new earth is a place where heaven comes down to earth and now God dwells with his people so that heaven and earth are never talked about again in two separate identities. But now heaven and earth has come into one same existence. And God will dwell among his people himself. He will be here. And those who trusted him will be with him on a new earth living their lives in complete perfect worship of God and the first taste of the newness of all things beginning again is God wiping away every tear from our eyes so that everything on this earth that was negative or bad that brought tears to our eyes will be done away with and every reason for crying in this life will be eradicated by God's love and goodness this vision captures the perspective of everything negative in this world in four statements death will be no more you think about how many times in your lifetime death has hurt you you lose a friend, you lose a parent, you lose a child. Death has hurt us deeply, but there is coming a day when every tear we shed because of the pain of death will be wiped away and death will be no more. You think about our broken hearts. How many times has something in this life broken your heart? How many times in this life have you found yourself filling up with weeping and mourning, tears flooding your eyes because you have been hurt, you felt sadness, you have a broken heart? It's coming a day when Jesus Christ will make all things new and every single reason for your broken heart, every single reason for your tears will be no more. There will be no more reason to cry like that ever again. You think about this life, it's a life filled with periodic pain. For some, more constant than others. But part of living in this world is experiencing pain along the way. Pain brings tears. There's coming a day when the pains of this earth will be done away with. And we'll live on a new earth where there will not be pain ever again. Everything and every reason we have shed a tear on this earth will be done away with. And all our tears will be wiped away so that all that's left in our hearts is the joy of the Lord forever. Every reason we have cried will be given explanation in the presence and promises of Jesus so that our tears will not only be wiped away, we'll never shed another tear in brokenness again. All things will be new forever. And Jesus Christ tells us. That we can count on this. That he's going to do it. He says it's done. You notice that he says it's done at this point, And maybe that will make you think about when Jesus on the cross and he cried out, it is finished. When he cried out, it is finished, it certainly wasn't done. Because then he rose out of the grave indicating he was not actually finished with everything he had promised to accomplish. He had simply on the cross finished the payment for our sin. When he rose from the dead, he was making a declaration of offering life to all those who would believe in him. He was not done. The disciples came to him after he had been raised from the dead and asked him, hey, is this now the time when the end will come? And Jesus responded by saying, it's not done yet. What I need you guys to do is go tell the rest of the world about me. Because there is a day coming when the end will arrive and I need you to go tell as many people as possible throughout the whole world so that they might know who I am before the end comes. In Revelation 21, we're seeing the picture of the end. This is when it is done, when everything has been made brand new. And Jesus Christ wants us to know that we can count on this day happening. He says, I am the Alpha and Omega. These words are faithful and true. I am. The beginning and the end. Jesus is telling us that he started history and he will bring history to an end and that everything that's happened between the beginning and the end of history, he's in control of so that everything ends up being in the right place at the right time so he can declare it is done and usher in a new beginning forever. He is faithful and he will bring it about and someday all things will be brand new Jesus wants every single person in this room to experience a brand new forever that's why he gives us this amazing invitation to the new forever in the form of two promises and one warning let's look at that the end of verse six in verse six, he says, "I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. The one who overcomes will inherit these things, and he will and God will be his God, and he will be his son. but To the cowardly, the unbelieving, the detestable, the murderer, the sexually immoral, the sorcerer, the idolater, to all those who have lied. Their part is in the lake which burns with fire and sulfur. This is the second death. Jesus gives two promises as a part of this invitation. The first promise is, "I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of living water. He's offering to anyone eternal life a new forever. He says to the one who overcomes, I will make them." L- a part of my family, they will be my child and to them will be given the inheritance that only belongs to Jesus Christ. He is offering to anyone the inheritance of Christ, a new beginning forever. And then he gives this warning. A part of the invitation. You see, warnings are always given before the actual event occurs about which you're being warned. Warnings are given so that you might avoid something that's not good and instead correct your path and experience something better. And so Jesus is giving an invitation through warning to adjust who you are and how you're living so that you get something better, this new forever. And here's what he says. He says, all of these people who have done these things of brokenness are going to be in the lake of fire. Now, when he gives this list, this bad list, what he's doing is he's essentially helping all of us recognize that we are actually thirsty. See, here's the truth. This bad list of the people who end up in the lake of fire, it's a list that all of us in this room could be on. It's a list that just describes that people have rejected God, and rebelled against Him, have not honored Him in every way, that they've worshiped other things instead of worshiping God. Did you know on the new earth where righteousness dwells, where God walks with those who have trusted in Christ on the new earth will be people who could have been on this list, this bad list. Do you know the difference between those who are on the new earth and those who are not? Is that those who are on the new earth drank from the well of the living water of Jesus Christ. The promise of Jesus Christ to give to the one who thirsts from the well or the spring of living water is a promise that begs a question. How do I get that water? If if that's how somebody that's not been perfect, if that's how somebody who has experienced brokenness, if that's how somebody who has sinned against God, if that's how somebody who has a broken heart gets new life, how do I get that water? Well, the same follower of Jesus that wrote down the revelation of Jesus in Revelation 21 told a story about a woman at a well where Jesus was. And that story is an amazing picture of how we get living water. Jesus is there at the well. The woman comes and the woman is there and she's wanting to get water. And Jesus actually speaks to her and says, hey, would you get me a drink of water? And the woman is shocked because she's from a community that those in Jesus' community would not talk to. They wouldn't talk to them. They wouldn't have anything to do with them. And so what happened was when Jesus spoke to her, the woman actually said to Jesus, why are you speaking to me? You, you shouldn't even be talking to me. And Jesus then said to her, if you knew the gift of God. If you knew the gift of God. And the one who is asking you for a drink, you would ask him. And he would give you living water. She was very curious at that point, and Jesus began to continue to tell her about this living water. And he said to her, This water is water that if you drink from it, you will never thirst again. If you drink from this water, this living water that I have to offer you, then you will spring up as a well bountifully to eternal life and all of a sudden this lady feels very thirsty and she asked Jesus I want that water do you want to know how you get living water from Jesus it begins with asking you ask Lord I want living water I want eternal life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to experience the new forever that you guaranteed by your resurrection from the dead. I want my life to be changed. You simply ask. When she asks for the living water, you know what Jesus does? Jesus makes sure that she understands her most significant need. See, she's still kind of thinking about actual water from the well. And if I get the water Jesus is offering, I never have to come to the well again. That sounds like a good, a good deal. So Jesus makes sure that she understands he's not talking about how thirsty she is that drives her to physical water. That he's actually talking about what she's hungering for in her heart, in her soul. So Jesus makes it clear to her what he's really offering. And then she understands completely what it is she's asked for and what it is Jesus is offering. And she believes in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So much so that everything about her has changed. You know how we know that she believes in Jesus Christ and everything about her has changed? Because she leaves that well and goes back home. And you know what she left at the well when she had it back home? She left her water pot sitting right by the well because all of a sudden through believing in Jesus Christ her most significant thirst had been quenched and she forgot about her other appetite and instead thought about all the people back home who were thirsty just like her. And she went home. And she began to tell people in her community about how she had met Jesus Christ and he had quenched the thirst of her heart. You know what they did? They, having experienced a well of living water overflowing to eternal life, and this woman went and met Jesus Christ as well. How do you get this living water? You ask. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You just ask and then you recognize that everything you need, everything you really hope for is found in Jesus Christ. And you believe in him as the savior of the world who gave his life for you, who rose from the dead so that you might have a new forever. The very forever you long for in your heart. You believe in him. And then you spend the rest of your life helping others know about the living water of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to drink living water. And Jesus Christ is offering you living water today. Our prayer is that not a single person would leave this moment without drinking deep the living water of Jesus Christ. He died and he rose again so that he might offer everyone an opportunity for a new beginning and a forever that changes everything. Drink deep of the living water of Christ. Don't miss what he is offering. You you ever been to a, a restaurant where... Maybe it's your birthday and you're thinking about, you know, ordering your favorite things. And you order because it's your favorite place and it's your birthday and your family's there. It's a celebration. You order a bunch of appetizers at the beginning of the meal, all your favorite appetizers. It's your birthday. You're going to go all out. And you get those appetizers delivered to the table and everybody eats the appetizers and the next thing you realize is that you've filled up on appetizers and you're no longer as interested in the main course. You ever had that experience happen? You know what's interesting about Jesus Christ? Is he does something absolutely marvelous with the idea of food and water. He designed every one of us to long for food and water so much so that we long for it multiple times a day i mean it's probably on your mind right now unless you ate a bunch of donuts on your way in we love food and water i have a motto myself that i only have so many meals left in my lifetime i want to make every one of them count i mean we we, we love food and drink it's by design It's interesting to me that Jesus actually uses his design to help us understand our more significant appetite so that we might know who he is and not miss a new forever. One time Jesus fed thousands of people. After feeding those thousands of people, they came back to him when they got hungry again. And he said to them, you know what you should be doing is you should be working for food that lasts for eternity. You shouldn't be wasting your time working for food that doesn't last. When they heard that, they were like, hey, that sounds a lot better. We'd like to work for something that lasts forever rather than something that is so very temporary. Can you tell us how we do that kind of work? Jesus then tells them, that he is the bread of life, that he is living water. And he says to them, If you want to work for the food and the drink that leads to eternal life, here's how you do it you believe in me. You want to drink deep of the living water, you want to eat the food. satisfies your spiritual hunger you believe in Jesus Christ and the great thing about believing in Jesus Christ is that this side of heaven as you get to know him and spend time with him and open the word and pray and align your life with who he is when you become an overcomer you notice that second promise, the one who overcomes gets to be a part of the family of God, inherits the things that belong to Jesus. When you become an overcomer, one who holds to Christ, who seeks after Christ, who drinks deep of Christ again and again, when you become an overcomer, you're a part of the family of God, and here's what it means to be a part of the family of God. You get to know Christ now, you get to Get a glimpse of him, a taste of him, all through your life. It's like your whole life, this side of heaven, is one incredible appetizer after another. And here's the wonderful difference between physical food and spiritual food. You eat too many appetizers at a special meal, you ruin the main course you feast on Jesus Christ, this side of heaven, one appetizer after another, it only makes you hungrier for the main course. When you feast on Jesus and drink the living water by knowing him and finding out more about him, it just makes you long for that day when he walks with you and you walk with him in a new place, in a new way forever. You know, if you, if you're that kind of person that when you order the appetizers and you eat them all and you've ordered your favorite meal and you know the check's going to be really big, if you're that kind of person that says, I'm not wasting this, and you plow through the main course anyway. You ever done that before? Yep. Uh-huh. We've been there. And, and you get in the vehicle and you're driving home and you're like, I am miserable. This is awful. Way to celebrate my birthday. You ever done that? You know, our bodies are not made for unlimited food and drink. We can't handle it. We try, but we discover we are not made for that. So here's the beauty of what God has done. He says, I'm going to give you opportunities to taste me every day you seek me. And when you taste and see that I am good, it will only make you hungrier for me. And even though right now your body is not built for the unlimited experience of who I am, I've made a promise to you that on a certain day I will say it's done and I will give you a brand new body and I'll make you a brand new place and I'll come down and live with you in an unlimited way and you'll taste and see me in full. That day is our great hope. That is why we celebrate Easter. Because we know that Jesus Christ has made a promise. And one day he will make all things new. And everything that broke our heart will be done. And every joy beyond our imagination we will taste in full. Because he will have made us new. So that we can now experience him forever. That is a reason to celebrate. And so I urge you, drink deep of the living water of Jesus Christ. Listen to Isaiah 55. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without Money without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, says the Lord, and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear to me. Come to me and listen that you may live. Sound familiar? Jesus is inviting all of us to come to him. And drink the living water. Isaiah 55 gives us a vision of what we are waiting for. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. Instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up. It will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. All things will be new forever. Don't miss it. Drink deep of the living water of Jesus Christ.